Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Today, I thought we'd talk about a little something less depressing than Wyoming Cowboy Basketball, maybe like impeachment, the geopolitical climate in Venezuela, the bushfires in Australia. Oh, boy. But no, we're here talking about something actually depressing, the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. And the slow, deadly march that Alan Edwards is on. And we're the pallbearers, Clay. Carry, carrying him on out of, out of this team. It's like watching the uh, articles of impeachment get walked across. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a very somber and serious thing. Uh, yeah. So on today's episode, uh, we're going to cover the last four games. So we left you off as playing at, at we we're going to go play a home against San Diego State. That's where we left you off. And if you remember me and Clay had a wager on that game, if if we won, then we'd give Alan Edwards another five years. And if we lost, he was supposed to be fired the next day. What happened? Why wasn't he? Why is he still here? Well, because he got it under 20. And uh, well, not under 20, no, it was 20, right? No, 20, 20, sorry. Um, he got it at 20 or less, I think. So, oh, uh, so Berman thought that was good yeah, enough, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start with that game, then we'll cover the other three conference games we played, and then. I don't know if this is ironic or not, but we play our next game is tonight against San Diego State again. So that's where we'll leave you again. And we'll make the same bet again. So the San Diego State game, uh, now we lost by 20. And I know this, I mean, obviously this is negative times in Wyoming land, but I actually didn't think we played too terrible. And we probably just didn't get San Diego, uh, San Diego State's best effort. It was just it's kind of a weird game when you lose by 20. Normally you think, you know, like the other team goes on a big run or and I'm sure they had some five, six point runs, but it just kind of felt like every five minutes they were just like one point better than we were. It was just a death by a thousand paper cuts and they yeah. were beat us by 20. It wasn't like normally when you play a team like that, you're just like, oh, they're way better than us. And they run you out of the gym, but it just kind of didn't feel that way. No, I mean, you know, with five minutes left in the first half, the, the score was you know, 18 to 15 them. And, and, uh, well, then they went on a 12, four run and that's when the paper cut started. Yeah. So what, how, what was that? What was the score with 11 minutes to go with five minutes and 16 seconds minutes. to go. This was a, this was an offensive barrage by 18 both teams. to 15. And then they hit a three and then that started a 12 to four run to end up 32 to 19 and a half. So just some of the quick stats on this one, uh, we shot 33% from the field. They shot 52, so they were much better from the field, which, I mean, shows in the score if you look at it. Uh, we were 5 of 22 from three, which is 22.7%. They were 8 of 23, which is 34.8%. Uh, 72% from free throw line for us. This was a killer. Uh, San Diego State was 14 of 15. Our free throw defense was off this game, Clay. What happened? I don't know. I, I don't really have. Uh, we didn't have any good. Uh, we didn't read. Uh, didn't have any good mama jokes to tell the shooters when they were shooting or something. Yeah, something. We didn't do our research on whose sister was dating who or. No, we we didn't have the karma that night. Uh, of course, this wasn't that bad. We only out got out rebounded thirty to twenty seven. I mean, that's a win for this team. Yeah. And we we limited San Diego State to only four offensive rebounds, which. As you'll see, as we continue, this was this was the the outlier, and and we had eight, and I don't know how that happened. <laughs> we are crashing those boards, boy. <laughs> That's probably why a few players got pulled. I was, no, we, we don't do that. I'm pretty sure, if memory serves, it was just a few lucky bounces that yeah. like, bounced out to the one guy that wasn't already across half court. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then the assisted turnover ratio, we had seven assist to 11 turnovers and they had 13 assist to 10 turnovers. The one thing I will say about this team, I mean, look for the little nuggets of positivity where you can find them is we have been limiting the turnovers lately. I think 
two of the four games we're going to cover tonight, we actually had a positive assist to turnover ratio. And we've been kind of in those lower double digits of turnovers, like 10, 11. So that's not bad. Yeah, you know, in, in, in the second half, you know, we ended up, like, say, losing. But there was just two four-minute-plus stretches where one time we had in four minutes we had four points, and then the other one we only had one basket. So, I mean, that's yeah, just – that. I mean, I know it was more than that, but it's just, you know, if you're going to – crash into any make any kind of run you can't have four minutes twice in a second half that's just this eight team, minutes of non-scoring that's now. just this team all season long and it's been frustrating and that was i've mentioned in a previous podcast that edwards is like oh defense 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 which is great in theory but and he'll be like well offense we'll find our offense you know well this when is i've said it when is this team going to find its offense you said with five minutes to go we'd scored 15 points and some more foreshadowing in the last game we played against Fresno, we scored what 16 points in the first half. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I mean, you can't just expect the offense to find itself. No. And, and this was one of those nights where we needed to have 10 threes, you know, we only had five and, you know, you have 10 threes this night, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be another, you know, 15 points right there gets us in the game. So we just didn't have it. They were just better than we were. I'm going to say this team lives or dies by Hendricks. I mean, obviously when we're living, we're not living very well because even when he has those good games, we're not planning ways to win this season. But yeah, I mean, as you see Hendricks in this game, three points. I mean, out of a senior and your second leading scorer, you're just not going to. And they were free throws. And so that's what really kills you is yeah he doesn't make any shots you know yeah oh for five from the field three points i mean you know if we're gonna have any chance in a game like this he's got to score he's got to be a he's got to be a double digit score and then you look at maldonado who's obviously our do everything i mean he had excuse me he had 18.7 rebounds but it was on six of 20 shooting and i don't blame him for that i was i mean san Diego state's always been known for suffocating defense and this is one of the better San Diego State teams you'll find. What I think, think they're ranked seventh in the nation right now. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they might have moved up by. I haven't caught that. Uh, depending on which poll you look at. Yeah, I think they're seven still. Uh, but yeah, they're so he went six to twenty. But with all the their defensive focus on him, I mean, I, it's hard to expect much more from him. I guess it's just you need some of those other guys to step up, and we're just we have just so many every game and and it. It changes from game to game. They're ranked senior stands ranked number four. Ranked I number think that four. was seventh, maybe when we played them. Yeah, yeah, they're four. I'm not following the conference quite as closely as I normally do because <laughs> we have no hope. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. Now the thing I'm looking at just shows what they were when I was. So yeah, I that's kind of. Yeah, they're they're ranked number four in the nation. But there's just so many games and it varies. Okay, normally you get your Maldonado who scores in double digits. He scored in double digits every game this season until. And we'll get to it, the Fresno game, the last game. So you know Fresno's going to give you something. I mean, you know Thompson's going to – San Diego State? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what Sorry. you're trying to no, tell me? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know Maldonado's going to give you something, normally around the 15-point, 17-point yeah. range. Sure. Hendrick, Hendricks is – you know, he'll usually get you double digits, but it's, yeah. you know, not always pretty. Yeah. But then you just have guys like sometimes Banks has scored in double digits. Some games he'll go three games in a row without scoring more than three. I mean, it's just we have too many games. Long story short, let me get back to my point. We just have too many games where three or four of our guys just almost give you nothing, and they play 20 minutes a night. I mean, it's, you can't do that. Right? Well, and, yeah, and Hendricks, you know, he's capable of scoring 12 or 15. And I know he has those games where he kind of goes off and gets hot and – He'll score 18, 19, even 20-something points at times. But in a game like this against, you know, a team that's obviously 10 times better than we are, he's got to be yeah. – he's got to get to double digits and a couple other guys got to pitch in, you know. Not that anyone's expecting us to win this game, but if you yeah. were ever going to win a game like this or be competitive, like you say, against a great San Diego State team, is that's the game you need Hendricks to hit seven threes and yeah. seven to 12 or something, you know. Yeah, be a hero at home. You know, with nobody in the crowd, that kind of stuff, yeah. 
and the Cowboys need more heroes. Yeah. But we don't have any. Right now, I got a quick question. Do you think that we have a home advantage by having no fans? It's because it throws the other team off who's normally used to playing in front of at least a yeah. couple hundred people. Well, you remember how sometimes we'll watch a game where Wyoming plays even, you know, at Fresno a few yeah. years back or San Jose State, and there was nobody in the crowd there. Are those tournaments where they're like those winter tur- – like the yeah. winter tournaments in like yeah puerto rico or yeah or whatever yeah. wherever they Hawaii, are and yeah. it's like there's no fans of either team there and it's just like both teams can't hit a shot to save their life yeah it's hard to get jazzed up for so what like you're that. saying is the fans are helping this team by not showing up there that's we go. what we're doing we've figured out reverse psychology all right i think it's you have anything else on this game i mean it's no not really much else to say Nothing. in this game yeah uh so then we Played at home against UNLV, um, which is just sad that I think the start of the season happened. What didn't we play? What is this? Do you know what conference game this was for us, Clay? Was this like our fifth or sixth conference game? Oh, Asking sure. any one of those questions, I you. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that question, but um, let's see. So that's a one, two, three, four, Five. That was our sixth game in. And how many of those were at home? Were four of them at home, or was this yeah, the one, fifth two, game at home? Three, four, five, five. At so home. five of your first six at home. Yeah. I mean, if this was a good team, I man, that could really jumpstart your season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, normally, like in football or more in the NFL, I guess is, but like sometimes when that team has, like if your team has the first three road games, you know, it's like, oh, this is a bullcrap schedule. Yeah. So the opposite. I mean, well, I mean, really could have took advantage of something like this, but. Of course, this wasn't the season for that. So, all right. So the UNLV game at home, like we said, we lost seventy-eight to sixty-nine. We were actually up at half. We were up twenty-seven to twenty-two at half. And Clay, I mean, this isn't saying anything, but man, this was a game we really should have won. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty depressing because you know, with about what I think a minute twenty-five left, right around there. You know, you're feeling pretty good, you know, 62, 56, we were up. I mean, I was feeling pretty good about it. And uh, we were actually, you know, kind of, we'd hit some free throws and some things. We were kind of closing it out. And then all of a sudden, uh, 125 left. Thompson, he's at the line. He makes the first free throw, 63, 56. Let me pause you for a second. Okay. I even said to myself, I was like, my God, we're going to win this thing. I was like, it's over. Yeah, it felt like that. You know, 63-56. I mean, seven-point lead. Okay, well, then it then they come down, hit a three. Well, Thompson missed the second free throw, No, I'm right? sorry, yeah. He hit, he misses the second one, which would have put us up by eight. With, with a minute 25 left, that's pretty good lead. Yeah. Um, pretty tough to come back on that. But then they hit a three, then H- Hendo misses. He misses two. Thompson misses two. That was Hendricks that missed two? Yeah, okay. Hendricks misses two. And then the next trip down, Thompson misses two. And meanwhile, they're scoring points. Sure. Okay, so we missed five free throws in, in the last minute 25. And because of that, they score enough points to force us to go into overtime. And then in the overtime, they had that little thing called momentum. Yeah. And they outscored us. What was the overtime? 15 score? to 6. Yeah, it was never. I think they yeah. scored the first five or six. It was never even. I mean, once you, that game went to overtime and we missed all those free throws, I mean, you knew. Yeah, over. and all you can ever ask for in closing situations is is just for you to you to do what's in your hands. You have free throws. Your guys work on those. Those are it's an it's an you know it's you can't excuse the fact that you miss. Those five. are two of our. You know, you're gonna miss one. You're gonna miss one here and there. I'm not saying that I expect us to be a hundred percent in five free well, throws, but you can't miss five. Yeah, and. Those are two of your better free throw shooters. I mean, I think at that point, Hendricks was like a 90% free throw shooter. Granted, that wasn't on a huge sample size. Yeah. And I, we're trying to look it up. I know Hendricks missed two other key free throws in that stretch. I don't know when it was, but I mean, he was for an 88% or 90% missing four free, going 0 for 4 from free throw from the game and closing out time. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, yeah. And then he missed some free throw or some three pointers and other shots down the stretch. It it was, it was a rough ending. But uh, essentially I think it's just a case of this team just doesn't know how to win. I mean, we've, you know, in sports in our days played on teams like that, whether it was, you know, softball, which we play a lot of. It's like, sometimes you're just on that team that 
2007, yeah. We you just don't know how to win. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. I'll never forget it. And then the, yeah. the opposite can happen where you're on a team that's not all that talented, but just somehow knows how to win games. Yeah. And obviously this team is a team that just doesn't know how to win. And where's Riley Graybo when you needed him? Oh, God, how – I mean, I think we mentioned it before, but, man, I just – that was such a security blanket that I loved. It was so warm in that blanket. As the end of the game, those are so nervous moments. And it's like, oh, you just knew he was going to make it. Yeah. I've never been so more confident I, I always in thought, my life. I always thought he looked sleepy, like he was going to fall asleep. That's man, probably why he was so he, good at it. He looked like he was on NyQuil or something. But, man, he was clutch. So some of the stats in this one. Uh, Wyoming shot 33% from the field, so another cold shooting night. Uh, UNLV shot 38.6%. Shot 30, we, we shot 30% from the three-point line, 10 of 33, which is kind of right about where we've been lately. Uh, UNLV shot 34%, 11 of 32, so they outshot us from the three-point line. Uh, the free throws, like we mentioned, uh, we actually got the free throw line a, a ton in this game. We were 25 of 38, so we and 65.8%. So, I mean, we were shooting pretty good from the free throw line, but the end, it just, it just sunk us. Yeah. Uh, UNLV shot 69.7% from the free throw line, but here's where it killed us. And this is back to the trend we've been on all season, all last season, Edwards whole tenure. We got out rebounded 52 to 28. I mean, you just can't win many games like that. And this is a game like, I mean, we should have won. Yeah. 15 offensive rebounds and, oh man, the second chance points in that game are just brutal. And so, yeah, it, it hurts and you just can't be out rebounded like that. I mean, we win the turnover battle. Yeah. We had 12 assists to seven turnovers. Yeah. I mean, if we could have seven turnovers every game. Yeah. That was a great assist to turnover ratio, but man alive, you just can't get out rebounded like that. It just kills you. Oh yeah. And what happened to that? San Diego State game where we had off eight offensive rebounds. I thought we were cracking those boards now, Clay. What happened? Yeah, well, we, we only had four. Yeah. Edwards is like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, back to this. <laughs> no, like I said earlier, that was just complete luck that we had the eight in the San Diego State game. It was just some long rebounds that kicked the one guy that was still on that side of the court. Yeah, and then like we had talked about from the last game, San Diego State game, you know, we had 10 three-pointers that went. And that gave us a chance because we had some good, yeah, you know, some some scoring that way. But boy, those rebounds. So yeah, like I said, the assist to turnover ratio. Like I said, look for the little pauses where you can. Uh, Twelve assists to seven turnovers, which is great for us. I mean, that's great. And we held UNLV to eleven assists to fourteen turnovers, so they had twice as many turnovers as us. But it just couldn't make up for all those rebounds we gave up. So one stat that I have been looking at, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, is just like the total shots, uh, total field goal attempts, and free throws. So in this game, it was 90 for UNLV to 89 for us. So that was fairly close. And you'll see in the games that were competitive, we're able to kind of have the same amount of shots as the other team. As the games that get away from us, the other team outshoots us by 20. I mean, and like we've said, you just it's hard to win in games like that. Yeah, and what happens, you know, what happens if we don't give up 15 offensive rebounds, you know, I mean, then that swings in our favor and we most likely win the game. So, so some of the individual stats of this one, uh, this was Marvel's kind of coming out party. I think San Diego state was the first game. He kind of started get some playing time and he scored six points in that game. But in this game, he scored 19 points. Uh, Hendricks had 18 points, but six and 19 from the field. Can you imagine <laughs> like this, if you're like in the eighties, you know, Hendricks six of 17 from the three point line. I mean, has ever, anybody ever had a greener light in their life than Hendricks on this team? No, he, <laughs> yeah, it's the wild West and he gets the ball. Uh, and like I've said, I don't, do you feel the same way about Hendricks? I know we've talked about it, but when he shoots the ball, I don't know what's happening. I just, just like, no. sometimes he air balls three in a row, like wide yeah. open shots. And sometimes he makes, Six in a row, fadeaway threes like Steph Curry. It's just like you know how you and I have kind of joked in softball how we we just know some guys that are bad pitch hitters. Yeah, like they, you know, like my brother. He he swings at bad pitches, but those are his pitches. I like and, the high ones. Yeah, 
Hendricks is a, a bad shot shooter. Yeah. He his like off balance, somebody in your face, just on the run. Those are his shots. But when he has it wide open, that's when he can't hit it. It's like, oh yeah, you gotta make yeah. this one. He airballs it. Yeah, he's kinda like um I can't think of the guy's name, but um uh well give me a hint here. What let's play let's... for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Thompson? Clay Thompson. Golly. Um, couldn't think of his name, but Clay Thompson's that way. I mean, you get the guy wide open, he can't hit it, but it is off balance running. Well, let's say he he's a little bit better of a shooter, of course, but I'm just saying. But yeah, always yeah, notice that that guy is such a he's so the such one that's a 60 better behind shooter. The line than yeah, the guy so, right in his face. Somebody in his face or whatever, but you give him wide open, he can't hit it. It's crazy. So, Maldonado had 16 points. He kind of had his all-around game with this one. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, only 2 turnovers. But the negative thing is, we, it's, I think it's just too much is asked to him, like I, we've mentioned before. I mean, he's a good player. I don't know if he's a great player. I mean, I think he has the potential to be a great player. But, I mean, when you just – he has such a high usage rate, and he's asked to score, he's asked to – Stop the other team's best scorer sometimes. He's asked to create offenses for others. He's so rebounds. Yeah, get rebounds. And I think he was three of eleven from this game. I mean, and, and it was a game like you said, he could have won if he would have shot his normal percentage. We probably would have won in regulation. But I mean, I, I'm not blaming him for the game. But it's just... yeah, and it's always tough just to stay on that for a second. You know, it's hard just because you just don't have that support or anybody even pushing you to be good like if he had a couple good players around him it would push him to be better and be you know he would get more flow shots like things that are happening in the positive part of the game but he's forced to everything he does just seems forced i know it just feels like this team is just cursed not this team i mean just like wyoming in general because you just look at it and i don't think i mean obviously we wouldn't have been a top end Mountain West team last year with Maldonado and James, but that would have been interesting to see those two play healthy for a full season and give James some help. And yeah. I mean, at least you would have had some, what we'd have been a right around 500, maybe in the conference or yeah. one of, well, a mediocre team. At least it's a little excitement. I mean, yeah, we're, it, we accept mediocrity here. <laughs> I think that's well known. That's the rumor. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've always thought that about Wyoming sports, and it's probably just any sports fans in general, especially in college. But you go, man, I wish Brian I, Hill would have stayed and played one more year yeah, with Josh Allen. Or I wish, you know, we would have had this guy when this team was playing or whatever, you know. We were all, it just seems like we were always just kind of one. One year like away, I, one guy away. Yeah, we were just, you know, I don't know. There's just some times where, you just for us it's timing we don't seem to have the right guys at the right time yeah no i just always one guy away so then thompson chipped in nine points so we had what we had those three guys you like we had a guy with 19 a guy with 18 a guy with 16 and then thompson right there on the borderline with nine but here's where we were talking about earlier no one else with more than three points you know i mean you gotta have some of those guys chipping in five or six or I mean, giving you something if they're going to be out there for 25 minutes a night. Well, I mean, if just one guy doubles his points or if every guy doubles his points, let's just say each guy got one more basket, we win that game easily. Yeah, you're talking about and, and I'm the just bottom talking, end guys. Yeah, I'm like talking about Banks. Banks, Foster had an off game. Milton didn't really do anything. I don't even think Porter played in this one. I don't know, but yeah. And then you look at UNLV. I mean, they had those kind of same three top scorers that we did. Hamilton had 19, Antonio had 15, Coleman had 14. But then they had the guys chipping in the 10, the 9, the 6. Kind of yeah. made up that difference there. Yeah, and that's, you know, other than those rebounds, that that was the difference. We just got to, you know, you need a little bit more scoring off our bench. And, and it comes down to those things, Mark, where, like I hey. said, where, where are you going to try to find something to get you over that hump they've got to cut down something and add something and they're not doing either and instead of cutting down something and adding something it's usually a yo-yo like marvel has a good game foster doesn't foster has a good game you get nothing out of marvel i mean banks has a good game hendrix is off hendrix yeah. has a good game you get nothing from banks we get eight offensive rebounds when we get destroyed 
you know, yeah, and and a game more competitive where you could have used those four yeah, extra we shots. We get out offensive rebound by eleven. So, so then the next game was at Nevada, and Nevada is just kind of a kind of your middle of the pack. They're not the same Wolfpack team we're used to with the the Martin Twins. They're both gone. But having said that, I mean this is a game we're not expected to probably be all that competitive and i didn't see the, the the las vegas line but i would imagine nevada was favored by double digits and this was a close game clay uh, mm-hmm. at half i think what we were down 26 32 we outscored them by you know 41 to 36 in the the second half and kind of down to that last minute man we had some chances to win this one yeah we did and it, it was one of those games where you know i, I mean I, and i was listening to it and I mean, it was just like up and down and up and down. It was pretty close. And then, you know, it just, you just felt like you had a chance the whole game. You know? Yeah, I was there. I don't and know. Nevada never really got out to I don't, I, double-digit I think, lead. I, I think, think. halftime was the biggest lead. I, I'm not exactly positive, but, but um, yeah, it's just, we had a chance to right there, you know, at the end, I'll, I'll give you kind of the, how the end went. But so Thompson hit a three with 51 seconds left. And um, so then we get a stop. We're, so he had a three with 51 seconds left, and that was the, that put us up by up by one. Okay, so big shot by Tom. Yeah, we get a stop. Um, with 25 seconds left, they put a full court press on us, and um, well, we turned the ball over. Yeah, Foster only yeah. turnover the game got his pocket pick. Yeah, and they get a dunk, and now we're down by one. Then Maldonado hits a layup. And then, so we're up by one, and then Nevada comes and just gets an uncontested, yeah, unforgivable. right down the lane with nine yeah, seconds. With nine seconds left. And then, of course, Maldonado tries a little jump hook and unsuccessful, a tip at the end, no good, and we lose. Yeah, that, yeah, that Maldonado, yeah, man, I swear it was halfway down, man. Yeah. I thought I was going to go. I know. Sometimes it's just amazing – just how that ball doesn't go in I, I have no idea and then marble who hasn't been indoctrinated yet into edward's system was there for the try the put back that just didn't go and marble had five offensive rebounds in this game i don't know how edwards allows that these new guys that aren't playing come and think they can offensive rebound yeah and that's that's the reason he's getting 27 minutes instead of 35 like the rest of the guys you stop offensive rebound and you'll get a few more minutes than my kid that's right uh yeah i i mean this was anyway you look at it i mean this was a positive right i mean obviously this team needs to find ways to win games i mean that goes without saying but i mean they showed the effort the heart that fans have been wanting to see i mean they didn't quit i mean they played an average nevada team on the road and i mean had a chance to win i mean well and then one of the things you know that I know you're going to get into this, but what I liked about what we did in this game and talk about the things we harp on all the time, well, we had one, two, three, four guys in double digits and one off the bench with eight. Yeah. One had four. So there was a lot of chipping in that game, and we got right there. But once again, just didn't, you know, I mean, we had a chance to win it at the end. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where – we we had our shot, you know, and and uh, all you can do is just ask for a shot at the end of the game to to win it or be in contention. And yeah, especially and on the we road, just don't know how to win. No, don't know how to win. So some of the stats on this one: uh, Wyoming outshot Nevada. Well, we shot forty two percent. They were forty one percent from the field. Uh, we shot thirty two percent from the three point line. We held them to twenty four percent. Both teams were on fire from the free throw line. We were 13 to 16, 81%, and they were 12 to 13, 92%. Come on, we got to do better research on on those guys. Maybe that's because we have wow, this as I say that's because we have no one in the line line to talk junk to the other team. But that's not when they're shooting, that's when we're shooting. Uh we got out rebounded another, I mean it wasn't terrible, but 38 to 30 rebounds and then they had 10 offensive. We had five. I just, I mean, if we could just play teams equal on rebounding, how many more wins do you think this team would have? Well, we would definitely won the last two close ones. 
I mean, I mean, I think we'd be about a 500 team in conference. I mean, which at the end of the day, I guess I don't know. Obviously, that's still not good enough, and that might get Edwards more time. But <laughs> I, so maybe it's a good thing we're not rebounding. Another positive assist to turnover ratio game, I and mean, we had 15 assists to 11 turnovers. Uh, and we held Nevada. They had a negative assist to turnover ratio, 11 assists, 12 turnovers. So at this game, I was like, all right. I mean, I think this team's getting better. I mean, yeah. look for the positives. Where, like I keep saying, look for the positives where you can find them. I was like, man, you know, okay, San Diego State creamed us, but that was to be expected. UNLV – Everyone thought they were going to beat us. I mean, we really, I mean, that game, we won that game. I mean, we had a one, and then we blew it. And then at Nevada, no one's giving us a chance. And another game, you know, we very well could have won. So things were trending in a positive way. But this team, and we're not quite there yet, but just like one step forward, two steps back, and then the Fresno game happens where it's just a complete (laughs) shit show. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing about, um, you know, you, you play two close games. I mean, UNLV is a 500 team. Nevada's what, like 11 and seven or something like that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're better. It's kind of your middle of the pack yeah. in the Mount West team. Yeah. Two teams with decent records. And, and then we come home and play a team that's got a record in a season like us. And, and just, yeah, and, and, play, and we'll get to that. I, I know yeah. I was kind of jumping ahead there, yeah, but still. So, this was another, like I said, another game where it was competitive. Uh, they had 73 total shots and we had 70. So, when we managed to keep that close and the, you know, total attempt, the total attempts on goal, we remain competitive. But when we let that get away from us, we just, I mean, it's just a nightmare. But, like you said, some of the individuals in this game, uh, Maldonado had 17 points. I mean, 10 of 6, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks, only 2 turnovers. I mean, he was really good in this one. Uh, Thompson had another good game, and he was hitting some big threes there. Like you said, he hit that 3-pointer with 51 seconds to go, put us up by 1. I think he was yeah, 4 of 7 from 3. He really looked good in this game, and that's another thing with Mike Thompson. He's a he's a microcosm of the team, I think. It's like one step forward, and then the Fresno game, two steps back. It's like he had a couple takes to the rim on this game. Like, it was like Three-point line, fake the three, two steps, big guy, you know, with some skill, gets right to the hoop. But he pulled the Derek Cook, and he tries to lay it up. and stuff. I never explained this to me, Clay. You're a smart man, maybe. People seem to think you're a smart guy. It's debatable. I don't believe it, but some people think seem to think so. Yeah. Why do these giants, as they are, 6'10", you know, or Derek Cook Jr., 6'9", with all the athleticism in the world. Why do they not dunk it when they have a wide-open dunk? Why do they lay it up? Isn't that – I just – that boggles well, the mind. To me – I'm talking I, like uncontested. No, like, I, I know. But I think, you know how back in the day, like, a you know, a dunk would be, like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And now if you can just kind of lay it in. and Like look, a left-handed look, layup and then look yeah, at your left you hand just, as you're running back. Yeah, you're just court. looking sweet laying it up because – you know, every now and like, then somebody will lay it up in the pros or whatever, and you're like, why didn't he dunk that? Like and, Earl the Pearl? Yeah. They just, like I said, they just, it's more of a showing off. You know they can dunk it. That's just so frustrating. The easiest thing ever would be to just dunk it, and for whatever reason, you try to look pretty laying it up. Yeah, because Thompson this game made a great move, got his guy off his feet. The lane opened up wide as could be, two dribbles. I thought he was going to have the highlight of his career and dunk it kind of like he did in high school because when I watched his tape, it's like he would take one step from the three-point line. I mean, he was dunking it left-handed, right-handed. I was like, where the hell's this guy been my whole life? Yeah, that's And he it, finally got that chance, and he tries to lay it up, and it just bricked it. Yeah, it was just like, that was when uh, in high school was when dunking was cool. So. <laughs> but not in college. No, no. So, but he, I mean, like I said, he looked good in this game. It looked like he was, you know, improving. Like I said, it was good to see him be aggressive. He was kind of being the aggressor. They were going to him in the low post, and he was kind of creating. Uh, Marble had another good game off the bench, eight points, nine rebounds, five offensive. And the one thing I really like about Marble is he just he gives you another he gives you another six five guy out there guarding, and it just kind of makes us a longer defensive team. And 
he just kind of gets in some lanes. He had three steals. He had a block. Uh, Foster had 10 points, and it looked like there was a lineup when we were playing Foster and Marble a lot together, and they were really feeding off each other. Hendricks, 3 of 10 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3 with 10 points. But then, like you said, you get absolutely nothing from Banks, Taylor, and Milton. If those guys could just chip in two three-points or one of them could come in and give you five rebounds or, you know, get a couple steals, a block. I mean, it just we have too many guys coming in and just being absolute dead weight. Yeah, I mean, uh, Banks, I just don't get it. I mean, he just has no He points. was kind of a stat stuffer at the end of last year and kind of yeah. some points this year, you know? Well, I mean, you know he has a potential. And so, but – you know, just with shooters, and I've heard coaches talk about it a lot, but just pull the trigger. He just needs to. Oh, I know. You know, I mean, Hendricks, he, that guy's <laughs> shooting a machine gun. I mean, yeah. he, he has, yeah, no, he's yeah. trigger happy. Yeah, but. And um, Banks has got a pea shooter. But, yeah, Banks, he's this first time with a gun or something. I don't know. He's. He just it just looks like he's just hesitant. And you oh, know, yeah, he never but you shoots. know how a shooter is. I mean, if he's feeling it, he's feeling it. I mean, he'll he'll shoot the most awkward shot, and when he believes, you know, and he just doesn't believe. Well, that's kind of what I've said that I like about Porter. Is yeah, he comes in, he'll turn the ball over, and he may be a bit of a ball hog and shooting some shots he shouldn't be shooting, but he's not scared. You know, he comes in, he he shoots. We have too many guys on this team that. You know, are just afraid to shoot. And I like Foster even. Like he's been timid to drive the lane in this season, you know. And in high school that was really, you know, one of his strengths was driving the lane. He's big, he's physical, he's athletic, he's a good finisher at the rim. But I mean, all he does here is essentially shoot three pointers. Well, I remember a few years back when Derek Cook Jr. was kind of a green player and you were you'd said, man, I just wish he'd just go try to dunk it every day. Yeah. Cause he, you know, all the athleticism he, he, in the he world. just kind of scared. He got the ball and he just looked like he didn't want the ball. He was just real hesitant to do anything. And then one game against, I remember it was against Colorado state. He just cut through the lane one time and just dunked it. And then all of a sudden they, he just became part of dunk city. All this, <laughs> it just opened up a huge can of athletic worms Sir, for him. It's dunk town. We're not a city. Larry's not a city. Dunktown. You get you correct me on that every time. I knew it was Dunktown. Let yeah. me let me go on the record saying I know it's Dunktown. I've got the t-shirt to prove it, okay? <laughs> I've got it. But yeah, it's just, you know, it, it takes, I don't know, that one play. I back when I used to coach, you know, whether any sport, you know, there was that light that turned on yeah. for a guy. And for whatever reason, Banks is bouncing around in a dark room right now. He has no light, and he needs to figure out what. Well, it he's is. a senior, and he's coming to kind of come. I know. I'm just saying, but if he's going to play any minutes at all, he's got to do it. And and what do you got to lose when you yeah, got to, on just, a team just, like this? Just like, shoot it and get your trigger. You know, that, I've he, always thought he's he was good when he goes to the lane, and he's. I mean, yeah. he's a good finisher, obviously yeah. without athleticism, but. He just plays so timid. He's capable. I, you know, we've seen the good banks, and he's capable. Do you think? I believe. I mean, I don't want to just pile on the guy, but is this an Edwards problem where it just feels like he might be getting chewed? And he's it's not not banks though. It's like Porter. Sometimes he plays, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Like he scored six points out of this Fresno game out of nowhere. And watch, I bet you this next game, I bet you twenty bucks he doesn't even play. Yeah. And then like Foster being not a very aggressive and it's just it's like i yeah. don't know i, I mean, I mean yeah. like i said i don't want to pile on everything's no, not Edwards no. fault. And, and i no, but i but like with banks sometimes you don't know if edwards is in his ear sometimes in practice some guy he he gets the business from the coach yeah. and, or the coaches and you get in the doghouse a little bit i mean he's playing but there is some reason that he doesn't want to shoot or he's hesitant or something because like i said you, you said green light for hendrix that guy would shoot <laughs> if he was triple teamed oh, I mean, yeah. you know and i i'm not trying to be critical of him because we need him to shoot but but my goodness gracious you know if banks took that many shots you know he'd hit well and how many times do you see that with this team though like we talked about their offensive struggles where a guy like banks or tj taylor that was another guy that has no trigger they'll pass up a good look only to now force the team to shoot a shot the shot end of the shot clock 
triple teamed fade away from 40 feet, you know? Yeah. And you know, when he was in high school, he would have never passed up a good shot. Yeah. So he was the best player on his team. Is that and just the transition to going to D1? Or is that, like I said, coaching is, he's, I mean, coaching well, is hard. I mean, you got to, like we've talked about before, you've got to, I mean, I may coach you different than I would coach me, you know, like I might be good with a guy yelling at me. You might be a timid mouse and not like that kind of coaching. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you I, might need to be coddled. Yeah. But it's like a field goal kicker, you know, the coach gets in their head or they miss or whatever, and they just get in their head and for whatever reason, he just can't do it. And I don't know. I don't know what it is, but we've talked long enough about him, but it's just, yeah. I believe that he has a talent. Oh yeah. I have confidence that if he just pulled that trigger, he'd be able to do it. I, I do believe that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, we've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, but you know, on the right team, a team would find a way to use his athleticism because mm-hmm. he's got, I mean, elite athleticism at the division one level. I mean, what is he? He's got to be in the top 1%, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. well, and tell me this, and I'm just going to ask from psychological, because I know that, you know, you, yeah. you studied lots of psychology, right? Um, I but, majored in psychology for <laughs> one semester. For one semester. <laughs> that was when they went out through all the clinical stuff. But um, no, but seriously, if you thought that, I mean, let's just say the coach has just pumped that guy up and said, man, we want to, I mean, they started making a few plays and, or just whatever it is to get well, him they, the ball and say, you're our guy. We want you to turn it on this game and pumped him up. And even if he missed, keep shooting, yeah. you know, or whatever, if he got some, you know, green light to do whatever, drive the lane, yeah, will. just do something. But man, I don't know. And, and as a coach, when one of your guys isn't getting it done, how do you fire him up and, and get him back in the game? You know? Yeah. I, coaching's hard. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't know if I have the right answers, but it certainly doesn't look like Edwards pulls the right triggers. No. But what's just funny is what you say about that is he's just like, he didn't really necessarily say it specifically, but it was kind of baked in there. It's just like kind of run a play for him early and get him going. Right. Mm-hmm. Seems like the first play of every game is we try to get that alley oop to him, you know. Then we all hit it or we don't, but then we never come back to it. It's just like, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say there? I had a thought there. Now it's gone. So I think we covered that Nevada game well enough. Now we're on to the, the no, Fresno we game. We were in the Fresno game. Well, we were kind of bouncing back yeah. and forth, weren't we? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and now this, like you said, one step forward. I know we lost the two previous games, but man, it looked like we were kind of building, but then we play a bad Fresno team in Laramie. They were five and 12 overall in the season and one and five in conference. And we just get our doors. I mean, we got beat by 15 and this was unlike the San Diego state game where we got beat by 20 and it didn't really necessarily feel as bad. This felt like a butt whooping. Yeah, it's just one of those games where, you know, in my notes here, I was just kind of, you know, thinking about everything. And and as I was listening to it, I just, you know, I was kind of doing some stuff and I was busy, but I kept, you know, checking the score or hearing it every couple of minutes. And it yeah. was just like, you know, I, I was listening to it closer at the beginning, but we kind of got... I don't know. I think I wrote here eight with about seven and almost eight minutes to go in the first half. They went from eight, an eight point lead to an 11 point lead. And it just never, it just climbed. And then we never really cracked too much closer. Yeah. This is one of those classic games where we just have a huge scoring drought in the first half. I mean, you can't score 16 points in the first half. I mean, you just, no, but you know, and then that, and that's the difference. If you just have a decent first half, you know. Oh yeah, you keep then, the pressure on, keep it competitive. You know, because the game was fifteen, and if we would have just had, you know, you know, eight nine more points, which I mean, you would expect, like, you know, a bad half should be, you know, 25. 28, 26, something like that. Yeah, and you, be, you, these be on pace to break forty. Well, and we've always we've talked for the last couple of years that. It seems like things get interesting if we can get in the 60s. Yeah. You know, generally. I mean, sure. I know some of the better teams blow you away or whatever, but um, but you score 50 points, 
you're going to lose pretty much every game in our conference, you know, yeah. unless somebody else plays that. Hey, bad. when you're playing those old Air Force teams, when they're into that patented <laughs> weave, you might have a chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So down by 31 to 16 and a half. Second half, it was 34 34. But like you said, we never really made a run. I mean, some of the shooting stats on this or the stats on this one, uh, we shot 34% from the field, Fresno 37. We had our 10 threes, but we did it at 31% again, 10 to 32. Uh, Fresno was 30%, 7 to 23. Here's the stat of the game, Clay. And I thought this kind of in the Nevada game, I didn't really want to get into it just because, I mean, what's the point with a team like this? But I really didn't think the refs did us any favors. We got a few calls against us. Like they called Maldonado in the Nevada game for uh, two fouls on three-point shots by Nevada where – you know, the ones where the guy already had it shot and the guy's momentum kind of carries him in. And so they called Maldonado for that twice. And on that three-pointer that Thompson hit to put us up by one with 51 seconds to go, I mean, he a guy clock, cleaned his clock after he released it. And did we get the call? No. It's just one of those things that's like, you got to call it both ways, you know? Yeah, and the, the difference is, is, you know, the refs kind of, swallow their whistle toward 51 seconds left yeah oh, i'm not no way i'm calling that you know that at, at nevada you know just different things like and then that. there was another one where like i said didn't want to get too much into it but foster had a breakaway dunk in the nevada game and he finished it and the guy swiped at the ball and hit him in the head and no call so it wasn't an and one and then with like a minute 50 to go where it was nip and tuck there they had an alley-oop where Foster jumped straight up. You know, he was in the restricted area, but he jumped straight up. And the Nevada guy caught the ball and finished the dunk over him, you know, so he posterized him. And they called him and one. I was like, what are you talking about? It's just, I mean, like I said, I mean, we'd have find another way to lose the game anyway because we're losers, but. Well, yeah, but, and, and I know sometimes, you know, we argue on the board about, calls well we we got you know you can take care of your own stuff and you know there's guys on there that refs never lose you again now that i want to slap people when they say that refs will never lose you again now that's just told no i mean i think there's absolute evidence that a ref can cost you you cost you a game and and, but on the other end of it you know bad calls are part 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 of it and you got to be able to kind of overcome that stuff i i know there's two sides to it but I mean, and, good and, teams and great teams find ways to overcome that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still not fair for a bad team to lose a game when they should have won on a call. Yeah. Like five downs or something like that. Yeah, refs yeah. can lose you the game. <laughs> Nobody's ever gotten five downs. Ever. Yeah. Uh, so, b- back to my point in this Fresno game, Clay. Yeah. Wyoming attempted three free throws on the game. I mean, is that an all- that's got to be an all-time low at home, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean – <laughs> hey we were two for three i mean yeah and so and how and I, I don't even know okay fresno I, was I, only called for ten thousand the entire game that's just not possible okay and so i, I don't know i mean uh, for a guy that refs sometimes okay i will tell you that some teams are more aggressive sure and you know, like I ref sometimes and you're guys, telling me and they're 19 no, offensive rebounds. No, 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 they didn't no, come over no, our no, back no. once or twice. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna even this out a little bit. Okay, sometimes there can be a team that's more aggressive. They drive the lane more. They do things. They're just more aggressive, and they will draw more fouls because they drive and they sure. do things. Okay, but there is absolutely no way that we played an entire basketball game and got outshot 25 free throws to three. I mean, that is crazy. And I don't need, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, if you were to watch the replay, I know you would see things that weren't called and and I don't know how it gets into that mode, but. Because I don't, I mean, obviously I don't think it's rigged or I don't think it's a conspiracy. I just think it's one of those things where Kind of like the Patriots in the NFL. Like, it's a lot of the times it's not the calls that are, like, kind of their, you know, their primes or whatever. It's not the calls that they don't, that they get. It's the calls that they don't call, like, on them, you know. Like, and I think it's just because the officials are just like, man, that's the Patriots. They're so good. They're so well coached. 
you're not expecting to see a lot of penalties. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I don't know if that's it, but this is Greg Maddox. This is Tom Glavin. I'm going to give him six inches outside yeah, the plate because you expect, because I know be he throws it there and he's good. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and one thing I'll just say, like from refing experience, you know, and I used to do some high school games and things like that. Um, uh, one thing we would talk about in ref training and things, not that you look for fouls as ref. I, and I, I say that like, you're not looking to like even the score or do something yeah. like that, but you definitely want to be consistent on if you call a similar foul, sure. uh, you got to call them, you know, the same way. You're not you taught know, to call it both ways. No, I'm not. I'm just saying oh, we blew that, that one. We got to make a makeup. Call. Yeah. But if there's a push under the basket at one end, there's got to, you know, when you see this, a similar foul sure. on the other end, you got to make sure that you're, giving both teams their just due on on you know violations so is what you're saying is this wyoming team would be number one in the conference if it wasn't for the bad officiating that's what it is i mean (laughs) i think there's evidence there so let's sign edwards up for another yeah it's just we're getting bad calls it's the refs uh so just a we're kind of getting down we got about five ten minutes maybe left uh and there were some other things i wanted to talk about so let's kind of wrap this game up quick uh, 44 rebounds to 30. I mean, got cream on the boards. We gave up 19 offensive rebounds. Granted, we did have 12, and that was largely in part thanks to Taylor, who came off the bench and scored had five. Uh, the assist to turnover ratio, 10 assists, 13 turnovers. But here's that stat that, like I said, the two games we got creamed, we got, you know, completely outshot. Uh, 78 total shots on goal for... Fresno and only 58 for us. It's hard to win that way. Uh, just one more stat on the fouls. Wyoming committed 21 fouls. Fresno only committed 10. Uh, wasn't much to say for the individual stats. Marvel continued to look impressive at 12 points. Uh, and th- I guess this is the big story is Maldonado for the first time all season was held under, under double digits. He only had seven. But he did have eight rebounds, five assists, only two turnovers. Like I said earlier in the podcast, Porter come in, gives you six, which was positive, but we'll never see him again the rest of the season, I'm sure. But what was really killer in this game was Thompson, five points, no rebounds in 25 minutes. Banks, zero points, one rebound in 16 minutes. Foster, no points, only one rebound in 16 minutes. Just a lot of dead weight there, and it's like we've said all game, I mean all game, all podcast. You know, it's just tough to win with those goose eggs from – you know, entire like three or four guys. So how do you like this, Clay? Let's, let me just first give you a chance here. Is there anything in those individual stats that you stick out to you? Nah, you just I mean, Maldonado can't play 39 <laughs> minutes and score seven points. I mean, we don't have a chance to win. What was I, he from the field? Do you have that? Three for eleven total, and one for four from three. And but you know, you just he's got to score more points than seven. I mean, he's our yeah, he's our leading scorer, and he's, you know. Yeah, we're never going to be competitive in game with Maldonado doing that. I mean, I mean, if he just, if he just kind of gets his normal points, it's a four point this game. This is a competitive. You know? Yeah, game, it's seventeen, probably. eighteen points on the average. He then we're. Well, I think that just kind of goes back to too much is expected of him at this point in his career. You know, he's only a sophomore, and I mean. I know that's what this team needs from him, but I just don't think it's fair. Yeah. No, and I, I would agree with you, but I'm just saying in order to win the game, sure. it, that has to happen. So that's not me saying he blew it or whatever, because, you know, one of the things we have to realize, too, is Fresno State's sole purpose is to yeah, shut exactly. him down. So and after, so, yeah. So yeah. after the game, this isn't verbatim, but Edwards essentially had this quote. We did a decent job on defense, on our, you know, our initial defense, but we gave up too many offensive rebounds. How does this guy have the stones to talk about offensive rebounds? Like when he refuses, he refuses to do it on the other end of the court. Like, it's like he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He knows that that's a huge killer for us on the one end, but he refuses to put that pressure on the other team on the other. It's just infuriating. Yeah, I mean he's right um <laughs> in one sense he couldn't be more right in the other sense he couldn't be more wrong. yeah but i mean you can't you know preach that one thing kills you that you can't even do yourself so yeah i mean 
I don't know. I, I agree with you. It's frustrating hearing that. Yeah. So a couple things I wanted to talk about here. I mean, obviously the whole Edwards, you know, firing is just looming. I mean, obviously at this point, it's not a question of if, it's when. Uh, I just wanted to mention uh, Tracy Ringlesby had an article that I read where I found it interesting. He he did say that, and I don't know when, but he's got his connections. You know, he's more, I mean, isn't he in the baseball, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? Or Yeah, he's in the media. Yeah, uh, so he has some connections. He said in this article that Berman said that no change would happen until the end of the season, whatever that's worth. I mean, I don't know if it would help us at the end of the season, but it'd be – I think it would just be nice to be rid of that dead weight. Yeah. Uh, and then he also said, so Tim Miles has been a name, the old uh, CSU Nebraska coach that a lot of fans have been talking about. Uh, Ringlesby said that uh, two interesting things. So this was kind of, so where did Craig Bull come from? North Dakota State. So Tim Miles used to coach at North Dakota State with Craig Bull. So when Wyoming was recruiting Bull to be here, uh, Berman reached out to Tim Miles, who was then the CSU coach, to see if he could, you know, talk to Bull. And and I guess Miles talked to Bull and said that, you know, Wyoming was a great place to be, that if he ever had the opportunity, that he'd be interested in coaching the Wyoming. So so maybe now we can have Bull reach out to Miles. And yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's just an interesting connection there. Kind of. I know. And it's one of those things where, you know, when he was CSU's coach or whatever, yeah. he just like – you just have a distaste. For I it. liked it. No, what, That's no, what's funny. I, no, I, I just you, can't. Like, I mean, uh, what was the? I can't even. What's Ustachik? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. He, he was an easy guy. To hate. I mean, that guy was just the devil, <laughs> wasn't he? I mean, he just just the look on his well, face. I always kind of found Miles likable. No, I, I I don't disagree with that. But he's just he was a CSU yeah, coach, so it, so you it, have a you were rooting against you have a, him. a lot of stink on you, yeah. no matter who you are. If yeah, you know, yeah, you were. Uh, you were rooting against him. And so, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to see that, but the guy was a winner in this conference and he knew how to get yeah. guys to play. And, and he's obviously a good recruiter. He always had some pretty good players, you know? And, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be something very interesting and uh, yeah, the old North Dakota state connection. So, and then also Ringlesby said that th- I think it was like through Miles's agent, that he's let it be known that he would be interested in the Wyoming job. Now, who knows, you know, if he's got other jobs and it always comes down to money. But, yeah, I mean, I, Tim Miles would be a guy I mean, that I would be happy with. Well, would, and then where'd he go? Lincoln? So, yeah. you know. He's so within, two of the teams the Wyoming fans hate the most, yeah. almost like other than BYU, yeah, CSU, and Nebraska. We don't have any – and Nebraska basketball is not something that yeah. we really invest in hate but um but you know a couple of things you know i'm just saying he wasn't too far away from yeah it's kind of this are. region you know yeah he's kind of in a three four state area you look at north dakota state yeah. up there wyoming you know um so us and now north dakota us, that's uh, that's below wyoming yeah. correct <laughs> us and south dakota south? state might be having a fight for him so uh yeah oh no that's colorado that's the south of wyoming <laughs> Yeah. No, but anyhow, how, but I mean, you know, if we were to entertain that and that were to come to fruition, boy, that'd be kind of a, a neat story, him coming to Wyoming and then having that rival of CS. I always thought he was kind of an energetic with the fans, you know, and the fans, like, especially at CSU, like they really liked him, you know? And I mean, I don't, that's what this program needs, you know, somebody to come in and inject some energy into the fan base. Yeah. Granted, I don't know if that's even possible at this point with this team. But no, but the one thing the guy—he's a good recruiter too, you know—and he and he seems to get some kids. Might know how to actually recruit a rebounder or two. Well, and you know, he—the the one thing that Colorado State always kind of did good under him is they always kind of owned the boards. You know, they oh, always yeah. had guys that remember. I mean, they would have guys that would just go and clean the boards and kill us underneath on offense, at least. And so you know, it was a strategy of his. Oh yeah. So, which I know is close to your heart. Uh, so just a quick look ahead. Uh, and this is, we're doing this podcast on Tuesday. So we actually play a game tonight. We play a game in 58 minutes from this 58, 48 minutes from right now, as we're doing this podcast, 
or at San Diego State again. So that should be a close one, huh? Yeah, I mean, we're what are we going? Are we going to have a lifetime contract if we win this game yeah. on the road? Now, this kind of blew my mind. So San Diego State's nineteen and zero, and I know, I mean, you're not the biggest, you know, better or whatnot, but how much would you think San Diego State would be favored by this game? Nineteen and zero. Beat us by twenty at home. Probably twenty five. See, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be like 30. It's only 23. I mean, well, uh, I was closer. There ain't no way we're covering that sucker. Well, and I, I want to talk about one other thing. So what has to happen tonight? To win individual wise, player wise. Uh Maldonado's gotta score 40. Hendricks has gotta <laughs> score 25. Okay, just in reality, something that's I know that's fantasy. So. I would I'd say you have to have five guys in double digits okay. with Maldonado you know around 20. Uh, Hendricks has probably got to shoot better than 40% from three. How many threes do we got to hit tonight? Got to hit probably 15, 12-15. Okay. Uh, Limit the turnovers. Be within 10 rebounds. Yeah, then that'll give and us a limit, Yeah, limit the turnovers. Okay. And if we do all that, we might lose only by 17. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's the night. And then I don't know when it is. Probably I don't know if it's Saturday or if this is the time we have a week off. But then our next two games are at home against Utah State, who's a good team, but they've kind of been struggling recently. But I wouldn't expect us to be, be able to win that one. And then at San Jose, who, you know, not a very good team, 2-5 and five in the conference, but – by all accounts, they've been more competitive than we've been. Yeah. So after San Diego State tonight, a week from tonight, we play. So we do have Utah a week. State at home, and then so on, that's another Tuesday game, yeah. then. Yeah, and then on that next Thursday at San Jose State, um, or I'm sorry, I think that's uh, I'm sorry, it's Saturday. Uh, we play at San Jose State. So one thing, uh, and we got to make this quick. We're you know we're pro- we're already over over an hour, but there are some positives in this team for the next coach. The guys, I mean, I know Thompson, I've been up and down on him, but I think with the right coach, we could get something out of Thompson. I think obviously, and this is under the hope that we could keep these guys, which is obviously a stretch with a coaching change, you know. Uh, But obviously Maldonado is a legitimate Mountain West player, right? I think we can all agree on that. I think Marble and Foster have shown some bright signs. And then you have Taylor, which I liked him last year, but this year he's just kind of, he's been timid. I don't know. He'll be, have a couple good stretches and then he'll disappear for a long time. So I do think there's some talent a new coach could work with that I'm kind of excited about. And I mean, would you agree with that? Or I don't Yeah. Know. And I, I just think that there's a good coaching you know, if there's any talent on the team at all, a good coach can find ways to put players in, you know, there has to be something where you bring out opportunities for the players so Maldonado isn't carrying the well, entire team on his back, you know, things like that. And I I mean, sometimes it's... If you could keep those four guys, sorry to cut you yeah, off, no. but if you could keep those four guys and you could add a legit big man to this team... That has a couple years of eligibility. I mean, you can't tell me in two years when Maldonado's a senior and Foster and Marvel are juniors that this team couldn't be an upper level Mountain West team with a legit big man. Now, obviously, that's like a unicorn. They're hard to find, but maybe Larry Nance Jr.'s brother by that time would be ready to transfer him. He might be done for all I know. That was a while ago, but yeah, so. it's. Yeah, and, and I believe, like I say, if you get one of these guys we've been talking about or something, it might happen. Hey, I heard a seven-foot Nigerian might be interested. That seven-foot Nigerian. You don't remember that meme? Back in the day, there was always this mythical seven-foot Nigerian that I think it was even – it was a long time ago. <clears throat> McLean had a seven-foot Nigerian that was going to come in. Yeah. And then it was just kind of a running joke after that. But All right, I think uh, – well, one more thing, but I would like to see – I think Marvel should start. What do you think about that? I mean, 
I mean, what do you got to lose? Because banks, like you say, I mean, we've talked about all this. Well, this could be, that could be, but we're not getting anything out of banks. And I mean, might as well put your best players out there to start the game. And here's the thing. Because look at that Fresno game. I mean, you fall down 31 to 16 and a half. Marble, who's been one of your, maybe your best player, Mm -hmm. second best player at the very least the last four or five games, when he doesn't play but eight minutes in the first half and you fall way down, I mean, it could be a different game. Well, and what is every player that plays a sport want to do get off to a good start he wants to start yeah get off, you yeah, know sure. and if he's he's shown that he can score and, and so he's good on defense he's... Put, put him in when when you can set the tone yeah i would or, like to see that or stop the other team from setting the then tone. again they'll probably start him tonight at san Diego state which is just a den of horrors for us and that just i mean he'll suck the whole team will suck and they'll just be like <laughs> Yeah, ruin his confidence for the whole rest of his career. But Porter won't play. No, we know that. No, he won't. But all right, I think that wraps up this episode of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. And as always, go Pokes. Thoughts on Wyoming basketball with Mark Overman and Clay Cates. This has been a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. on Wyoming basketball. We'll be back next week. Come back and listen to the thoughts and ruminations of Mark and Clay as they talk Wyoming basketball.